Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. And I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of the Lord here this morning. And it's good to worship and to live in His presence. We were, before the service, we were talking about, we were getting ready with the Psalms and we were just talking about how great it is to get to know the Father. You know, and how a lot of times, you know, it takes uh, a lot of undoing <laughs> of the, our wrong conceptions about God. Mm. You know, because we tend to limit God and put God in a little box that we can control and understand and, and God has to come and, and get rid of that because you're not going to get to know me the way that you think you're going to get to know me you're going to have to have a revelation of me and that you cannot put in a book you cannot put in a little list of things of what God is you know that's what a lot of people try to do this is what God is <laughs> you know God is good and you know and then he comes and, and shakes that little thing, and he's like, you have no idea who I am. You know, but that's the God that we worship. That's the God that is our Father, and he has a plan for us. You know, and one of the things that we were talking about in the beginning is how this place, you know, we don't, we're not many people here, but how this place has been used by two other churches, <laughs> you know, and was used for a, a a four-day, five-day camp for foster kids. You know, it's being used to prepare meals for the homeless and going out. You know, and another way that uh, we, we don't really talk about a lot is we published a podcast. And it has had almost 12,000 downloads over the last few years. And just the last a month, 130 downloads. So just the last one from Friday was heard for not a lot of people, but people from Europe and from the whole mainland, you know, and people from Mexico and Asia and Russia and Germany and, you know, Netherlands. And, and you go like, how are these people finding us? And, you know, who knows, right, <laughs> how it works. But anyway, it is encouraging that, you know, because one of, one of the things that we were talking last week was, was uh, about the gifts of the Spirit. Desire earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. Right? It says, First uh, Corinthians 13, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I have also been fully known. So that's important because God wants you to know as you are known. And there is something about each one of us that we do not know yet, but God does. And He's trying to get us to understand who we really are in this relationship with him. 
You know, and a lot of times we put ourselves in a little box and say, this is how I am, this is my, my limitation, this is what I can do and what I cannot do. And we're going to talk about that re relating to Jeremiah, but this song that we just sung says, I will find the treasure you have hidden deep within. Right? So the gift of the Spirit, he continues here and says, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of this is love. Pursue love. Okay, we, we have to pursue love. God is love. And he wants us to love him and to love our neighbors, right? Yet, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. But especially that you prophesy. And then we, we read that, you know, when prophecy it has three main goals, right? Uh, but the one, he continues in 1 Corinthians 14, says, The one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. Okay, so that's what I want to do this morning. I want to bless you and build you up and encourage you. Because God is in the business of getting us to know ourselves as he knows us. And a lot of times we come with limitations. And our upbringing, our raising up, our experiences in life put us in a little container. And, and that limits our minds. And we need to get out of that. You know, I, I was thinking about, I think it's Amos. When God called him, he said, I'm not a prophet, neither a son of a prophet. You know, I'm just a, a fruit gatherer. You know, and how many times, you know, it's like God uses just ordinary people. Just ordinary like you and me. And he's looking for fruit gatherers <laughs> or carpenters or fishermen or construction workers or landscapers, Right? And he was never looking for somebody that was, hey, pick me, pick me, pick me. Right? I'm ready. I went to Bible college and I, I, I know everything. That I'm gonna... No, he's, he, he doesn't pick up the qualified. He qualifies the ones that he cho chooses. Does it make sense? So as we enter in this relationship with God, what I want to say is, he ha if we are here today, it's because he has a plan for us. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And he has a, a destiny. And I'm going to read. I'm going to kind of go all, a little over the, all over the place this morning. But I want to bless this for us. Hebrews. Eleven is a beautiful chapter because it talks about all the people, all the ordinary people that he used in the Bible. They were not special in any ways. They were just chosen by God with a destiny. You know, and, and just, that's why we're reading Jeremiah in second week already, Thursday nights that we're reading. And I, I'm, I was praying, saying I hope that in reading this, and reading the, the, the lives of the prophets and the people in the Bible, that we 
see that they are people just like us. You know, Jeremiah, he was going through, I mean, he went through almost 40 to 50 years of ministry. And he didn't have anybody following him. Actually, he was a lot of times speaking the word of God from prison. Because the leaders did not want anybody to hear what he was saying. And a lot of times we would go like, oh, I, I don't know if this is working for me because I, I don't see, I feel like I'm in prison. <laughs> you know, but don't stop. Don't stop moving in what God is putting in your heart and speaking the word that he planted in your heart because, you know, that's reading the Bible should build up our faith. Okay? So, Uh, Hebrews 11, 37. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. Men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. All, and all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. For some reason, beyond our understanding, God chose us to be here. In this generation, where we are seeing, you know, I was thinking about that, read maybe later, I'm, I, I'm not going to read it, Matthew 24. You know, and a lot of people talk about the end times and wars and famines and earthquakes, you know, but this end times has been going on for thousands of years. <laughs> you know, the famines and pandemics and wars and rumors of war have been going on for even before Christ came. What really matters is your preparation and your relationship with God. Don't wait for another war. <laughs> Don't wait for another pandemic. Don't wait for another, you know, riot. You know, that has been going on. What really is how you live in your day in your relationship with God. So a lot of people are like, oh my God, this is happening. And... and that's happening. And I go like, yeah, that's been going on forever. You know, uh, two generations ago, they went through World War, you know, the first and the second. You know, and, and they were like, oh, this is the end of the world. Yes? And here we are. You know, and may, we may go through another war. And then maybe there's going to be another one. And not, but what really matters is that I'm walking with God in my generation, right? So I love this because it says, because God provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. And I want to go to Romans 8 also. Uh... 
I'm trying to find. Oh, here. Verse 29. Verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And I, I want to read this because it, it, it goes along with, you know, Psalms 139 that we read a, a few weeks ago. You know, that God foreknew each one of us before we were even a dream in our parents' minds. He had a plan for each one of us. Okay? And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Amen. That's right. Right? Who cares? You know, who cares about pandemics and wars and, and all of that? If God is for us, we will go through whatever we go through. Yeah. But as long as we, we have in our hearts that we're getting to know as we are fully known. We're getting to know him as he knows us. Amen. Yeah. I bless this. This is my, my, my goal here this morning is that, Lord... Let there be a building up and an edification yeah. for each one of us. Yeah. You know, and, and then it was it's interesting in Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah. Chapter 1. Verse 4, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Are you guys getting the connection? Hebrews 11, Romans 8, then Psalms 139, and then now Jeremiah, okay? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And we're reading that, you know, very similar to our days on this earth that we're living right now. What Jeremiah went through was incredible. Because he saw kingdoms come up and go down. You know, Assyria and Babylon and, and the superpowers of the, that time... They were in conflict and wars, and he saw his country being desolated, the temple being destroyed, people, you know, the wall of Jerusalem being, you know, under siege and then broken, and, and, and he saw all of that. But God chose him and appointed him as a prophet to the nations. Okay? And... This is awesome. Then I said, Allah's Lord God, 
Behold, I do not know how to speak. Moses said the same thing. I cannot talk. You know. And then he, he continues. Because I'm a youth. Some people believe that he was eight years old. Right? Yeah. You know, some of the, the, the you know, studies show that he was just a little kid. But God had a plan for his life. God chose him. And my, my, what I'm submitting to you here is that we are no different than Jeremiah. You are no better nor worse, bigger or smaller than Jeremiah. Because God has a plan for you. And whether you're, you're going to speak from a prison cell in Jerusalem, or you're going to go to work every day, and you're going to, you know, talk to somebody that you work with, or, you know, or you're going to pray in your closet room. God has a plan for you. And your life matters as much as Jeremiah's life. Okay? So, he says, but I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth. Then you fill out the blanks. What are your excuses? <laughs> what are my excuses? You know, I have an accent. Or I have this. Or, I, you know, I don't know how to speak. I don't know this. And who am I? I don't have any money. I, right? And you fill up the blanks. And the Lord says, do not say I am a youth. Because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Are you guys doing okay? Yeah. Are you a little encouraged so far? Yes. Okay. Lastness. So we, we are reading Jeremiah together, and we, I'm reading also this book called Run with the Horses by Eugene Peterson. And there's a, a few paragraphs here that I want to share with you. And it's about the life of Jeremiah. And it's great because uh, Eugene Peterson, he does a great job of just painting the context of what was really happening during those days and what was happening around Jeremiah in, in Jeremiah's mind and life and all of that. So this is uh, again uh, Run With the Horses for the recording by Eugene Peterson page 36 and 37. Before Jeremiah knew God, God knew Jeremiah. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Take this as, as a personal word for you. Before you knew anything about God, he knew you. This turns everything we ever thought about God around. We think that God is a, an object about which we have questions. We are curious about God. We make inquiries about God. We read books about God, like this one. We get into late night both sessions about God. We drop into church from time to time to see what's going on with God. We indulge in an occasional sunset or symphony 
to cultivate a feeling of reverence for God. Right? But this is not the reality of our lives with God. Long before we ever got around to asking questions about God, God had been questioning us. Long before we got interested in the subject of God, God subjected us to the most intensive and searching knowledge. Before it ever crossed our minds that God might be important, God singled us out as important. Before we were formed in the womb, God knew us. We are known before we know. This realization has a practical result. No longer do we run here and there, panicked and anxious, searching for answers to life. Our lives are not puzzles to be figured out. Rather, we come to God who knows us and reveals to us the truth of our lives. A little pause here from my reading. This is why waiting on the Lord, and we were talking about meditating and the prayer of silence, the solitude is so important because that's when God is able to, here, let me show you this hidden treasure I put in your heart. Let me show you this hidden gift that I planted there before you realize anything. But I have this for you. I have this plan for you. And I have this ability that you don't, don't despise. Right? It says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Do not despise the littleness of what you have. You know, I, I love that story of the widow that came to the prophet saying, I have no money. My wife, my, my husband is dead. He was one of the sons of the prophets. You know, and they're coming to take my two sons to sell as slaves. And the prophet asked her, what do you have? And she said, I have a little bit of oil left. You know, and I think that God is asking each one of us, what do you have? Okay, so you have a little bit of oil, you still have a little bit of that anointing, you still have a little bit of that light of the lamp. Okay, go gather empty vessels. Go get as many as you want, you can. You know, and then the two boys went into all the neighborhood <laughs> asking for pots and pans and vessels. And she kept pouring that oil, and kept pouring that oil. And it was enough to pay all her debt and live the rest of her life. You know, and so, uh, Lord bless us with that. We are known, going back to the reading, before we are known. Oh, I'm our lives are not puzzles to be figured out. Rather, we come to God who knows us and reveals to us the truth of our lives. The fundamental mistake is to begin with ourselves and not God. God is the center from which all life develops. 
If we use our ego as the center from the plot, the ge from which to plot the geometry of our lives, we will live eccentrically. Does that make sense? He has to be our Lord. He has to be what we follow and not, we are not the center of the universe. <laughs> right? All wise reflection co corroborates scripture here. We enter a world we did not create. We grow into a life already provided for us. We arrive in a complex of relationship with other wills and destinies that are already in full operation before we are introduced. If we are going to live appropriately, we must be aware that we are living in the middle of a story that was begun and will be concluded by another. And this other is God. I love this because it, it Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love and your, your presence in our lives. And not only that, thank you for everything that you did. You know, we, I was reading, I mean, I'm, I'm always reading out of Ephesians, and it says we were dead in the world without God. We were isolated. We were separated. We were distant. And God found a way to reach each one of us, each human being. You know, and it's not, I'm going to read out of this book because, again, I've read this so many times, but never enough. It's called The Mediation of Christ by T.F. Torrance. And it's saying that in all of our attempts, you know, we come and worship, we pray, we study, but we always will have that feeling that we will fall short. <laughs> but that's okay, because only God would be able to really connect us to himself. And he did that by the cross, and we have in the communion the ability to come and be reminded and do this in remembrance of what he did. Okay, so this is why the communion is, for me, is the most important thing that we can do in a service. And I'm going to read out of this book again. So, The Mediation of Christ. The celebration of the Lord's Supper means that we, through the Spirit, are so intimately united to Christ by communion in His blood and body and blood that we participate in His self-consecration and self-offering to the Father made on our behalf and in our place and appear before the majesty of God in worship, praise, and adoration with no other worship or sacrifice than that which is identical with Christ, our mediator and high priest. This removes the fear it removes that, that, that sense of condemnation, that sense of that you, you will always fall short. You know, uh, you know, 
I am a youth. I cannot say. I cannot talk. I cannot worship enough. I do not know how to pray. I do not know. Yeah, but Christ did everything. So when we come before the Father, we come only because of one sacrifice that was perfect and was already accepted. So when we come, it's almost like the first Passover, we come under the blood. And then we, we can enter the Holy of Holies. In the last week, I, I, I talked about the, the Day of Atonement. And I, I could not finish in one class. But, you know, the Day of Atonement is... We are included because of what Christ did. So we bless this communion for us this morning. You know, Lord, help us to see ourselves through your eyes. Help us to find these treasures that you have imparted and you have given to us when you were forming us in the womb. When you were cho choosing us, you know, to have our names written in the life of the book that was written before the foundation of the world. It's huge. It's huge to be able to come and worship. You know, even when we, we know that we, we are not perfect, but his sacrifice is perfect. The, this high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, which is above the law, is above the Levitical order, is greater. That's the, how the book of Hebrews is all about. Jesus Christ is bigger than the sacrifice, than the temple, than the, the Levitical order. He came to include the whole world, the whole cosmos, the whole universe. And we are included not because of what we have done, but because of what he has done. So I bless it to be, like I said, for edification, exhortation, and consolation, for the equipping of the saints, not based on what we can do, but especially based on what he has done for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bev. You want to bless it? And we bless this communion for us. We say, Lord, we, we ask you to continue to remove the conditionings of our minds, of our hearts, of our emotions, of our experiences in the past, but that we have a fresh revelation and a fresh respect for the communion, for the, what you have done. And this is not a ritual, but this is done in remembrance, in honoring your sacrifice and your blood and your body that was sacrificed for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can come in.
Thank you.